and welcome to the Off-Kilter Quilt. My name is Frances and I'll be your hostess. Hi and welcome to episode 248. I think I actually have that right and this would be the Quilt Con episode. Quilt Con was last week. Today is February 25th. Um, and uh, yeah, and I realize I don't know how much longer I have access to the quilt show, uh, maybe forever, but um, I know I no longer have access to the lectures I took and the course I took. So QuiltCon, let's talk about QuiltCon in general this year. I'm going to pace and talk. I actually, you know what I'm going to do? This is live radio. It's so exciting. I'm going to make some tea. Um, the man bought Jack an electric tea kettle for Christmas and then guess what turns out Jack already had one so now we have an electric tea kettle listen live radio well it's recorded live radio anyway we're not in the studio folks we're in a kitchen um yeah and so anyway so we decided to keep it and it has been just amazing see that's the water going into the teapot not the tea kettle and then I'm gonna press a button Click. Did you hear that? Click. Um, and now I'll stand here so you can get the full auditory experience. Um, it's going to heat up like really quickly and then I get to have tea and no time at all. So happy day, happy day. The miracle of modern technology. All right, quilt calm. I had a thought about that. I have many thoughts about that, but I thought I was going to do it in some sort of, uh, I don't know orderly way but that wouldn't be my way would it all right so it is february did we say the 25th yes it's the 25th and quiltcon was last week i signed up for several lectures and one class and it was what they call a mini class it was an hour-long class it was recorded or as we say these days pre-recorded uh, <laughs> because we just have to add on prefixes whenever we can, even though, yeah, it's a little redundant, but yeah. Oh, we're missing the, I'm, I'm walking around and we're missing the audio portion of the T. Do you hear that? It's so exciting. The class I took, mini class, one hour, it was with Sarah Filkey, who I love, and it was on big stitch quilting. And in the first 30 minutes, I learned everything that I had come on, that I had signed up to learn. I was really excited about that. So that's to say, it was a very useful class to me. Um, okay, now that might be getting in our way, that noise. Um, yeah, and, she, and she's a good instructor and um, just someone I, I, I like a lot. I like her work a lot. And so I was very happy to take that course and learn from it, which I did. And it was an hour long, and that was perfect for me. And also... The way it worked is these these recorded classes um, were available all week, and so you could watch at your leisure, which was so nice. And I, I'm sure, particularly if you were taking a three or six hour course, that was great. With the one hour course, that that ability is less that uh, you know the, the the ability to tune in whenever is less pressing. But you know, for me, I'm you know I wasn't really a schoolgirl to begin with and part of it it was hard for me in school to sit for those long periods of time and it wasn't that I was ADHD but I'm not a good listener which I may have discussed and the man would be very happy to discuss with you at length how I after a while I just kind of glaze over and stop paying attention and in fact by the way it's 2021 and my watchword for this year is attention um, and not so much paying attention when people talk to me I'm never going to do that but thinking about where my attention goes attention if you could call it a kind of energy I don't know if that's a that's a great analogy but it's you know it's we only ha we have a limited amount of it right and we live in the age of distraction so you really need to make choices about what we pay attention to and that is something that I've thought a lot about this year and we are in the season of Lent, which I try to observe and usually do a pretty good job, at least for a couple of weeks. And what I'm giving up for Lent this year is, um, is social media, with the exception of Instagram. Instagram is not for me 
um, a, a time stealer. I don't go down the rabbit hole so much with Instagram. Um, I, I, I tend not to spend more than 10 minutes at any one time. And that would be a long time for me to spend on Instagram. You know, I just kind of check. The thing that I'm trying not to do is like, oh, I'm, I'm bored. My water's done. Um, and therefore, I'm going to go scroll through Instagram or any other kind of social media. That's where the, the time suck is, right? So if, you're, if you are focused about it, if you go, okay, you know, at lunchtime I sit down and spend 10 minutes checking my social media accounts, that's one thing. But a lot of us are not that disciplined. All right, if you open the tea bag, we're going to start the day with oolong tea, which, by the way, is supposed to jump your metabolism. And I'm a 56-year-old woman who's about to be 57 in May, and metabolism is an issue and postmenopausal and all that stuff so basically i have no metabolism it's gone it, it, it it's left me um so i do whatever i can by the way and this is we'll see i'm a a little bit of a ramble this year i have been in uh fasting intermittent fasting i do an 18 hour fast i after i finish dinner which i try we try to be done around 6 45 sometimes it's much later um, we, we're late eaters, but, um, yes. And then I have, uh, lunch at, if I if, say, if I, uh, at six, four, end at six forty five, end my eating for the day, eating, drinking, whatever. Uh, then I have lunch around 1245 and I have lost at this point about six pounds. So, it, and this is the first thing that has worked for me in years and I've gotten used to it. I do have this hungry period. I usually from 10:30 to 11:30 I think, "Oh, I'm so hungry." And the thing to do is to drink tea and just hydrate a lot. And the interesting thing is like it goes away. And from that point on, I have gone, I have done uh, a 20-hour fast on several occasions, and that's very doable. It's just weird because I love lunch. Lunch is my favorite meal of the day, so I don't want to, you know, I, I, that's that would be the problem with the 20-hour fast for me, is that, yeah, I miss my favorite meal. So 12.45, though, is doable. I eat lunch by myself, um, you know, because I'm at home, and even the, the, the man and I are not on the same eating schedule until dinner. We eat dinner together. Um, so, yeah, it, that's been... Um, that, it's, it, this has been the first thing, again, in years. I've had so much trouble losing weight, and now I'm finally losing weight. So just going to throw that out there. All right, so now I need something to put my tea bag in after my tea is done brewing. So QuiltCon, Sarah Filkey, good class. You know, and, and I've gotten more and more interested in hand quilting. I hand quilted my first quilt, or the first quilt I hand quilted was a couple years ago. And now I am hand quilting a bunch of quilts. I, you know, I have these quilts. Uh, one I posted, I have posted a picture of um, stories we used to tell that are text quilts. They're poetry quilts, right? They're poems. And I, I do, I, I construct the text via reverse applique, which I love, which I love. And I have actually finally gotten um, kind of a, it's not an alphabet, that's not the right word, uh, I mean, an alphabet is a collection of letters, but a font. I've, <laughs> I've come up with my own font. It's really my handwriting, but it, uh, with this uh, uh, quilt that I haven't put together yet, I've got the top, which is it's called Homefront, um, that I really love, and so I can't wait to show you that. But I am with uh, uh, stories we used to tell. There was this issue, how do I quilt this? And so I'm actually hand quilting it, and I am quilting around the letters, big stitch quilting. It's taking forever. It may take me five years to quilt this quilt, although I have noticed that it, I'm getting better. I'm getting faster. And I also have to remind myself, speed is not of the essence. No one's waiting for this quilt. I'm just having a good time. I'm not going to submit it anywhere. There Actually, sadly, there's a tear in the fabric. I, and, and now I don't remember why that is the case. Um, I think it must have just have been, I must have accidentally cut into when I was cutting out the letters the reverse applique letters I must have cut into the fabric and thought oh I'll just stitch that up I'll fix it and it, you know and then when as, as I've been hand stitching I'm like that you know I did mend it but it's like visible mending on my quilt 
anyway, it, in a lot of ways, this was a practice quilt for me. So, um, yeah, so I'm just big stitch quilting around the letters, and the effect is really cool. I'm also, I've got this stuff, and I'm going to walk, we're walking, walking and talking, walking and talking is one of my podcasting specialties. I hope I post this episode. It only takes me six months to post new episodes. I mean, I record them, and then it takes me six months. Okay, so I'm using the fray check from Dritz. So after I um, st- do big stitch around the letters, then I go around the inside of the reverse applique where all the, f- the, f- the threads are, the phrase, and do that, um, apply that, which is just kind of a glue. Um, and that keeps further fraying from happening. I don't mind that the edges are a little rough. Um, I think that adds texture and, and interest, at least for me. Um, but I'm weird, so keep that in mind. Anyway, so, uh, but I'm more and more interested in hand quilting, uh, particularly the size of these quilts. I don't know. It's like I love machine quilting, and I love having the ability to do that. Um, One of my concerns about machine quilting these quilts is that, um, yeah, it's, I mean, there is fraying. There is, I think they, they, the less of that sort of handling Obviously, I'm handling this quilt every night, but I'm handling, it's in my lap. It's a gentle handling, which is a little different from a machine handling. So anyway, so um, yeah, I'm, I'm having a good time. The man and I have been watching Country Music, uh, the documentary by Ken Burns, which we've already watched once. We watched when it came out, and now we are going through it again because we love it. We love traditional country music, and now we're like at Willie Nelson, and you know, I love Willie Nelson. I love Willie Nelson. Um, Redheaded Stranger, just one of the best albums of all time. So, okay, here we go. Quilt Con. So took the class with Sarah, hour-long class, well done. So happy I took it. Now, I have to say, there are other classes. I'm not a class person, just discussed that. And now on Instagram, oh, I was talking about Lent. We'll get back to that maybe. I don't know. Um... I'm seeing quilts or, uh, you know, the blocks, whatever, from some other classes that look very cool. Um, and most of the classes by the time I signed up or not were, were filled. But there was some really neat stuff. And I was, it, it makes me think, it's like, oh, you know, I did take a lecture with Sarah Bond. I was like, I could see doing a class with her at some point. Her, the stuff that's coming out of her quilt con class is very cool, very interesting. But she, I did, a, I did two, and you'll laugh if, if you know me at all, two classes on kind of quilt construction, and that was with uh, Sarah, kind of better construction, and one was on precision piecing because um, I want to get better at it. But the problem for me, so, so both were very good. I can't remember who did the precision piecing. I'm sorry. Um, but she was good. She's in Winston-Salem, not far from me. That was a, a ton of information. And unfortunately, it was not the way I learn, you know. So so this woman was great, clearly knows what she's talking about. But it was just kind of walking through. It was about, you know, precision piecing. And she was like, here's what I do. And it was It was a great storehouse of tips. But it's like, yeah, it's it's like that's kind of information I need to read and then just practice. So uh, the Sarah Bond was more about, it was more, some about piecing, but overall construction. And, and her the stuff she had to say was really good. The, the chat was really good too. Um, while she was uh, speaking, you know, people were giving tips, you know, like, oh, I've tried this wool iron pad and, and the, you know, and, and like, oh, try this or, you know, just making, just offering tip, their own tips. And there was a lot of good information passed back and forth. But, um, sometimes I just feel like I don't, I, I'm still, I've been, how long have I been quilting now? I uh, started like what in 2007. Um, and really, uh, you know, within a couple of years was quilting really regularly. It's 2021. You think I would be better at this, um, I have certainly, as I've discussed here before, embraced my own, uh, imperfection, uh, and, and, and am an imperfectionist. And at the same time, I frustrate myself. I don't know. It may never change. Um, I know I'm appalling to so many of you and to myself. All right. So I, uh, then I, the one, uh, let's see, I took two lectures that were not about, uh, skills building. One was Tim Natar. 
who is uh, a wonderful modern quilter and she uh, talked about doing quilts in a series which I have done you know I did the birds in the air quilts and have other series idea and ideas and she was excellent uh, she did such a good job and um then Heidi Parks, who's a quilter I, I, I like enormously. I think her quilts, uh, a lot of people don't like them enormously, but uh, I just think she's always doing interesting work. And she talked about getting your um, quilts in art galleries and, and being uh, sort of quilts and art and quilts as art. I am not interested in trying to get my quilts into to galleries, but I, I am interested and creating spaces for quilts. Um, that's something, that's a dream of mine. It's not going to happen right now. Um, but, you know, I, I just feel like, quilt, you know, the quilts are art. And I think people love, like, love looking at quilts. And, um, you know, and I'd like to, I wish there were more spaces. There, of course, are quilt shows. But, um, you know, mostly pe the people who come to quilt shows are quilters. And I think it would be great to have more spaces where non-quilters could come look at quilts as art. Um, okay, so, yeah. So that was, what was, yeah, so those were the two other lectures. So I really enjoyed those. Um, I thought, and overall, the QuiltCon experience, uh, I think, was good. I think that uh, the, the Modern Quilt Guild did an amazing job putting this all together. You know, there were a lot of people. It's, uh, you know, the... There were, on occasion, the website could be a little wonky, not for me when I was taking lectures or my class, but like trying to load up the what the, the poster wall of the, of the quilt show. Travis is here, Travis the quilt dog, and he's having a dream. Here, you can listen to Travis dreaming. Now he stopped making noise. It's okay, puppy. It's okay. You hear? Yes. He's going back to sleep. He got groomed yesterday. He looks fabulous. Okay, okay, okay. So, um, yeah, but but they were just a little, as far as any kind of technical stuff, small glitches. Overall, just did a fantastic job. Very well organized. Um, but let's talk about the quilt show. So I've got uh, the whole show right in front of me. And one of the funnest things for me about QuiltCon this year is that my guild... Um, the Triangle Modern Quilt Guild had a happy hour third, every night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. Um, I, I attended all of them except for Friday. Mr. Dow was not feeling well on Friday. And in fact, Friday night, I took him to the emergency room where he was told that um, his appendix needed to come out. It was, we were having a discussion yesterday. He's home. He's fine. He's good. But uh, whether or not that was an emergency uh, appendectomy because it wasn't like he went into the hospital and collapsed and they did you know they did a scan and they're like oh, this has to come out right now and that happened to my brother but it was more like okay this needs to come out and you're gonna have surgery first thing in the morning I don't know if that's emergency surgery or not maybe it wasn't scheduled weeks in advance so maybe it, it is but anyway, it was uh, that was it, the Friday was in and of itself kind of stressful because uh, he was in pain all day. He thought it was uh, gallbladder related because um, he's had some gallbladder issues, and it turns out it wasn't. And he had his appendix removed uh, around ten thirty Saturday morning, and was home by two, and he's been fine ever since. But it did mean that Friday was not really a happy hour kind of day for me. Um, but Saturday was. <laughs> And anyway, we had such a good time. It was always a small group, like six people. Um, but we had such a good time talking about the quilts. And we went through um, uh, categorically, uh, you know, talked about, I think because a couple of our members had quilts in the floral and vine fabric challenge. We, I th we, we talked about those quilts and just kind of went through um each section, each division, and discussed quilts and and you know talked about quilts we really loved and you know quilts maybe we didn't love. Although I you know we're a nice group of people, so we weren't jerks about it. Um, I know that the makers of the quilts were not not going to hear it, but I read something recently that really stayed with me. It's like you know just about you know when you're 
say negative. Well, I can't remember how to put it, but basically it's like, be nice, be nice. You know, even if it's, if you're talking about someone who's well known, um, you know, you don't have to say every crappy thing that comes into your mind. Um, and so, but we were critical of quilts, but, but in terms of say construction or design or color choices, and we were very specific and we were not mean or nasty. One of the things that has fascinated me about this show is how traditional modern quilts are coming up, becoming. You obviously see this in the modern traditional um, section. It used to be that modern traditional quilts were sort of wonky versions of traditional quilts and typically not just like uh the whole quilt although you would see like wonky i have a wonky churned ash quilt that i made i I think as part of a quilt challenge in my guild many years ago um so you see that but also like here's a uh monkey wrench block blown up i think monkey wrench and churned ash is very similar but blown up or half of a block you know all all kinds of different things but wonkiness distortion um were part of that process part of that design right and and that is no longer the case and in fact a friend of mine my friend um carmeet and i have been emailing about the show and you know, she pointed out that in fact, the few quilts that are kind of wonky in that way in the modern traditional category seem a little tired. I don't know if that's Carmeet's word, but that's a, uh, but it's a little true. It feels like they, they're, well, tired. And, you know, so that's interesting. So what, what you're seeing more of are these quilts that are, the reason that they're modern, so there's some quilts I'm like, I don't really think of that as modern at all but it might be the color choices or it might be one block so I'm looking at this quilt it's called loom I think that's right by um Melissa de Leon Mason it is a it's 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 no it's actually a series of blocks let's see um and she says it is inspired by the colorful o Ojo de Dios ornaments of her Mexican-American childhood. So she said, and she says it's a manipulation of the traditional log cabin blocks, but it's very formal in its composition. It's not wonky at all. It's the, the, it is not a traditional quilt and that you're not going to find this quilt in the Barbara Brackman book of traditional blocks, but its composition is traditional these blocks are set on point but it's in a traditional grid um it, everything is right angles it's, it's it's a beautiful quilt but it is to me there's a formal feeling that feels new and this is true over and over again you see a lot of medallion quilts um Yvonne Fuchs which who's a wonderful quilter um she has a gorgeous quilt it's called Mum's Garden uh it's she the, the color pol- palette she writes it's kona cotton and burgundy spice yarrow 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 and bone um and, and it was inspired by a photograph of fall mums um yeah so but it, and it's it's a gorgeous quilt I'm, my guess is if you go on instagram and look up yvonne fuchs and and maybe if i'm kind to you i will do that work where's my my little notepad okay i'll just i have paper all around one of the good things about me okay I'm going to write this down so I'll try to find a link to the quilt so you can look at it or maybe I'll I'll post some pictures um ah, it's a gorgeous quilt but it's like almost like a medallion quilt it and it is um I I don't know what I'm gonna see she says what the um block is I mean it could be it's curved piecing I mean it's not a drunkard's path but it but it could be if the blocks were made differently anyway it's gorgeous but it has a formal feeling it is not wonky everything is proportional um yes so I'm gonna write this down so I can show you a picture so gorgeous quilt but and it does it it it's modern in its color choices 
It's not, again, not going to find it in Barbara Brackman, but um, yeah, it feels traditional. It feels more traditional than modern, and this happens again and again. Now, one of my very favorite quilts in this category does have more of a modern feel, and it is called The Hidden Path 3 by Mary Kay Fosnacht of the Kansas City Modern Quilt Guild. Um, but it is, uh, one, uh, another thing that we're seeing in this year's show is that quilters have really, the mo modern quilters continue to become better and better technicians. Um, and, and I feel like that's kind of, some of that's, I think is what's happening and why we're getting these more formal constructions, um, and, and these modern traditional quilts that really lean toward traditional is because modern quilters are learning how to do traditional blocks. Um, so it's just, it's, it's fascinating to me and I'll include some pictures, uh, so that you can see, um, what I'm talking about here. There are a lot of um, a lot of really beautiful small quilts. In fact, some of the small quilts are so gorgeous. I'm like, it's too bad they're not bigger. This the small quilts to me, um, so many really strong entries, and it makes me so sad that we couldn't see them in person because I think. Um, I'm looking at like uh, Patty Dudek's quilt, which I love, called Carnival, and, and Patty's a friend of mine. So, but it's still an amazing quilt, and um, I hadn't seen it before the show, so it was one of those neat things when I clicked on. It, I'm like, oh, that's Patty's quilt, and it's a gorgeous quilt, and it's 29 by 29, so it's not tiny, tiny, but still, I can look at it, and if you told me it was uh, 60 by 60. How would I know the difference? So there are quilts that um, I think probably in other categories that would probably have more impact if you could see them live because of because they're actually really big. And these quilts, you know, it's like I would love to see them live and in person because some of them are tiny and are very intricate. Um, and so you, I'd love to see um, them in their tininess. But this actually I think was a very, the small quilts category was really, really strong. Um, the, the other thing, the big, two other big trends in this year's modern quilt show is, um, one cooler colors. And you know, the Kona color of the year last year was kind of a bluish green, a very, I mean, blue, I think it's hard. I can't imagine a warm blue green, but this was very, you know, um, so yes. So by its nature, blue green is cool. So the, so you, and you see a lot of it in the show but see a lot of greens in general which is you know, like too bad because i don't love green uh, you know i mean any color used well is um you know is is beautiful and effective it, but uh there, there's some where i'm just like yeah it's just not for me and particularly greens that lean yellow and we are seeing some of those as well but seeing a lot of cool palettes cooler cool as in temperature um, and that's been really interesting after years of really bright solid uh, popping colors to see these still seeing a lot of solids seeing more prints every year we see more prints still seeing a lot of solids um, but yeah just not not as warm and I you know I actually I, I love and I still love orange and bright bright colors and modern quilts so um, I have mixed feelings seeing a, a lot more quilting, seeing a lot more um, long-armed quilts. And I have to say, you know, the thing with modern quilting in general, there's always been that complaint of too much quilting. But in the past, it was like matchstick quilting. It was like lots and lot, yeah, you know, lots of quilting, but straight line quilting. Um, and now we're starting to see much more ornate quilting, much more traditional quilting on the modern quilts and I think you know I don't know if it's modern quilters are getting older and have more disposable income <laughs> to send out their quilts to be long-armed if more modern quilters are learning how to long-arm themselves um, but that really surprised me that seems like a big difference I still I, I think that um, I, I have to be honest I saw a lot of quilts that were quilted in traditional 
quilting motifs that I thought would have been better served by um, straight line quilting. And I, I really love straight line quilting um, anyway. And, and although there are, you know, I, I have over quilted quilts myself. I have some quilts that I made, a, you know, maybe seven or eight years ago. I look at them like, good Lord, what, <laughs> what did you think was going to happen if you didn't quilt it within, you know, within an inch of its life? I'm like, that it was going to fall apart. We saw some in, in our group discussions, in our happy hour discussions, we looked at some quilts that were wildly under quilted and um one of our one of the the women in our group is a very knowledgeable quilter and she says you know the problem with that it was clearly an art quilt um it was actually one of the it's like the third place winner in the improv quilting and um if i think about it <clears throat> i just i've come and sit down and moved away from my computer but i will uh post a picture it's a great quilt I love the quilt but a, a woman in our group pointed out that um it's real there, there are huge spaces that are not quilted and the problem with that or have like totally minimal quilting is that it's clearly an art quilt it hangs on the wall the batting's going to come apart it's not going to hold together as a quilt um the bat the batting's going to kind of start breaking up and perhaps puddling um, and it would just, and it, it would have, yeah, so it was an interesting choice, um, aesthetically. So I look at it, uh, yeah, I, oh, sorry, sorry. Um, one of the neat things about the, the show is, uh, they gave quilters the option to do, um, audio. And so, and a lot of them did and talked about their, their you know, what their, about their quilts and some talked about why they made their quilts and some people talked about how they made their quilts. This quilt that I'm talking about is called Lines of Communication. It's, it's an, in terms of design, it is, uh, it's gorgeous. I love it. But yes, it's, you could see where uh, the lack of quilting may prove problematic. Um, and I wish she had done some more quilting on it, quite frankly. So anyway, um, but, but that was very much the exception to the rule uh, on these quilts. And that was so surprising to me to see, again, very traditional quilt motifs. It's, it's an, uh, you know, modern quilting, uh, I mean, I've always said it's, it's, it's alive, it's growing and changing. And I need to, I haven't checked the Modern Quilt Guild's definition of modern quilting lately. They've, they've held so firm to that idea that a mo modern quilts are, are primarily functional quilts, and I think that becomes less true every year. But what's interesting to me is like, then I feel like they're becoming less modern in a way. Um, I don't know. That could, that could be up for discussion. But you, know, but you could say, well, it's like, no, they're still modern, but the, 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 our ideas about what modern is are changing and they'll continue to change as people develop new skills, both, you know, technical skills, design skills, um, as new people come into the fold, um, and bring new ideas. Our, our sense of what modern is, um, is, is, is going to continue evolving as long as this movement, um, lives, you know, movements end or they, they morph so completely that they become something else. So we shall see. Um, you know, it's hard to judge a show that you're not seeing in person. And I really, it really makes me sad. There were quilts that I had sort of love hate relationships with. I found, you know, I, I kind of thought they were ugly, but I was also drawn to them. And those, those to me in some ways are the most interesting quilts. It's like, what is it about this quilt that makes me want to continue looking at it, even though I kind of think it's kind of ugly. And, you know, sometimes those end up being my favorite quilts. I'm weird that way. I don't know why that is, but except that something interesting and complicated is going on. And, um, and that there's somebody who knows what they're doing, that, the, that whatever dissonance I pick up on, whatever uh, design elements that are bothering me are intentional. It's not like I just slapped a quilt together and it doesn't look that great. It's like there, there's an art behind it. There's an idea behind the, the design of this quilt. And, and yeah, so I, I, there, there are several quilts that I felt that way. Like, I just want to keep looking at this and I would love to see it live and in person. Uh, lots of talk about the best in show quilt. This was a quilt 
that when I first saw it, I was like, oh, I love this quilt. When I looked at it up close, I felt like the quilting, it wasn't that it was bad quilting. Um, it just didn't, the quilting didn't particularly serve the quilt. And over the course of time, I became, I fell out of love with it. I still like it. I, I, there's some things about the, the quilt and I'll show it to you. Um, I'll try to do a picture of it. And of course I keep moving. Why don't I move my computer with me when I move? I don't know. Um, but it is, uh, there's something about it that, uh, I don't know if I say there's something kind of, uh, Matisse about it, I, which is my, my own little new adjective, Matisse, Matisse-like about it. I think that that's accurate. Um, I like the, um, the, the, the elements of the quilt. They're big and there's, it's, uh, there's some, I like the way the quilt moves. I like, I wonder if I can, you know, it's, it's, there are a lot of neat things about the quilt. Um, Yeah, but it, it, this is another interesting thing about having these Zoom discussions. Is there were quilts, I'm like, oh, I like that quilt. And someone else will go, you know, here's my problems with this quilt. And by the time they're done, you're like, oh, yeah, that is a problematic quilt. There were other quilts like, yeah, I'm not crazy about that quilt. And someone would say, well, here's why I really like it. And there was one quilt in general we had such an interesting conversation about. I think it was called Monkey Wrench. It is this highly stylized quilt. It is in the modern traditional category um so interesting and at first you know it's not that like I hated it but I, I my feelings toward it were cool partly because it was a cool palette um you know that that it was it was a very stylized it really looks like there's in the middle of the quilt there's kind of a funnel and and the eye kind of swirls down the funnel I mean clearly the person who made it is really an amazing designer but one of the people on our Zoom talk loved it. And the more he talked about it, the more I'm like, yeah, I see that, I see that. And the more some other people were kind of arguing against it. And, and, and I was just like, oh no, that's not fair. You know, and the more, yeah. So it was such, a, by the end of the conversation, I'm like, I really like this quilt. You know, and it was more of an admiration. No, I started out admiring the quilt, but I grew fond of that quilt through the discussion. And that happened again and again. So that's what, you know, I love this kind of talk. And that's another thing that you miss when, you know, when, you know, the, la the last quilt kind of went to was in Nashville. And I would just stand in front of quilts. And if someone was standing there, you know, nine times out of ten, we would start chatting about the quilt or I would just say what do you th I, you know what do you think or uh, you know I'm really interested in what this culture is doing with this or that and you have these great conversations or you know walk through uh, you know with my friends like Holly Ann or Jen and, and talking about stuff and Holly Ann this is um, Holly Ann Knight who teaches uh, quilting machine quilting and so you know that's the thing that she's always looking at so she's always talking about the quilting and it's so interesting to see that through her eyes so, um, yeah, I really miss that aspect. And so I was so grateful um, that my, my guild did this happy hour session where we really, uh, the last nights that we did that, the happy hour Zoom Sunday, it was like we talked for two hours, which, you know, we're all over Zoomed at this point, and that's kind of exhausting. But um, it was uh, a great discussion of the quilts in this show. So, again, I think that the uh, Modern Quilt Guild did a great job. Um, I enjoyed my lectures. I enjoyed my class. Uh, most people that I've talked to uh, ha have had similar good experience experiences. That there was a few things. Some of the the like, I, I did hear some co complaints about one lecturer in particular, and I will not go. I will not name names. And the other thing that I um, heard complaints about was there there was Q and A at the end of the lectures. And oftentimes the people doing the queue, um, yeah, they're volunteers, and uh, they they were a lot of that they, they weren't necessarily great interviewers. And I say this as someone who you know I've been doing these story B interviews for the Quilt Alliance now for several years, and when I started, I was not a great interviewer myself. I had great questions, yeah. Yeah, she said modestly. No, I had good questions because, you know, I think about this stuff a lot. But at the beginning, I was having conversations. Um, and I realized at some point a conversation is different from an interview. Nobody watching the Story B interviews, with the exception of my mother and some of my friends, is really that interested in what I have to say on a subject. They've tuned in because they want to hear Denise Schmidt's thoughts, not mine. 
And although, but I mean, that was one of my favorite interviews is because it was a really, really fun conversation, but it, it wasn't a great interview. So I learned over time to step away and to not think, not, not add my own opinions uh, or, you know, or, or talk about my own experience. And these interviewers, you know, they're just volunteers. But I found, you know, it's like, I need, <laughs> just want to say, honey, stop talking about yourself. I have no idea who you are. I'm sure you're a nice person, but I, I want to hear from Tim Natar. I want, oh, shouldn't say names. I mean, I don't even know if it was a Tim Natar one. I don't even know. It, yeah. So I'm going to walk that back a little bit, but I want to hear from the lecturer. Um, I, I want to know about her experience. I want her to answer questions posted in the chat. Um, and, and, and one lecture said, I'm uh, one interviewer was like, I just, I'm going to just ask you what I'm interested in. And I'm just like, that's not fair. You know, that's not fair. A lot of people have asked questions and, and, you know, you should be asking the questions that, you know, from the chat and, and not just, you know, picking and choosing according to your own, uh, your own point of view, your own tastes. So, um, yeah, but that, so, but by and large, I've not heard a ton of complaints. Um, and, and my experience was good. And again, to, you know, you can say, wow, I wasn't overwhelmed by the show, but maybe if I'd been there in person, I would have been. And there are amazing quilts throughout. And I'm happy to say that some of my favorite quilts are like from people in my guild, like Michelle Wilkie's Creamsicle, my friend Patty, um, the quilt, of course, now I'm not there, so I'm not standing, but, but she had several quilts in the show, and I just thought they were marvelous. Um, yeah, and, and so the, the, and we, it, our, our guild was well represented, but, um, and yeah, and so that was very exciting to me to see those quilts. Um, I'm trying to think of, there was one more that I liked a lot. Oh yeah, Charles Cameron is a newer member in our guild, and he had some wonderful quilts um, in the show. So I was really pleased with how our guild was represented. Quilt Diary Day 2. This won't be long. It turns out I talked for a long time last time about them. Quilt Con. So I'll just finish this out. It's the last day of February. February is, is is not a popular month, I think, for a lot of us. It's, I don't know, I don't know. It's uh, here in central North Carolina, it is a dreary, dreary month, quite often. Every once in a while you get a gift of a beautiful February. And, you know, I try to remind myself that, that any time, any space, any weather condition, not that I pay attention to weather, I don't complain about it, I don't even notice it, but for you know, the purposes of reporting and pontificating, just pondering things. Uh, even dreariness, you know, if you approach it the right way, it has opportunity. So I'm, I've been reading this book on paying attention. I can't remember if I've mentioned this, but attention is my watchword for the year. Um, paying attention in the age of distraction. So I'm looking at my back door. It's Sunday morning, by the way. It's the last day of February. We're almost done put, putting up with this month. Um, still after 10, I'm listening to a Sunday morning jazz compilation on Spotify. It's getting a little beboppy at this point. Um, but it's fine. It's good. It's time to wake up. It's probably time to take a walk. I'm, just, I'm still in my pajamas. I don't have anything today. Typically on Sunday afternoons, uh, I, I lead this writing group of my young writers. But we met yesterday. So it is a free Sunday. It's kind of, it's going to rain off and on, but you know, one of the beauties of the internet, you can hear it, the man is stirring the sugar into his coffee because this is live radio with real noises from real households. There's a thing in the New York Times this morning about podcasts um, and just how, pro, you know, prolific they are I think if we can call maybe it's the podcasters who are prolific but it's just you know it's just a whole new world from when we started off here at the off-kilter quilt studios uh, 11 years ago almost and uh, now it's all professional and it's like Hollywood's in on the game and all of that but uh, my podcast did not get mentioned nor <laughs> did we expect them to but anyway, um, but you can't hear the man 
uh, stirring his coffee on, uh, you know, these highfalutin, overly produced podcasts they have out there in podcast land. No, you can only get it here. Anyway, so trying to pay attention here in this age of distraction. Clearly, I am easily distracted by many things. So I'm looking out my window, the jazz. Oh, it's quieted down. And I don't know, the heat register is right below my feet and the heat has just come on. We have um, a very loud heater. Uh, You know, we're going to move from this house sometime in the next few years. That's the plan. And I plan to live someplace where you can't hear the AC or the heater. It's just silent just silent but comforting anyway I'm looking at the backyard we have a lot of bamboo we have a large backyard Uh, we bought this house from gardeners Um, they had cut down a lot of trees we cut down a lot of trees we have in years past had really big big gardens Uh, that hasn't been the case for a few years life being busy Uh, but we have blueberries and uh, sort of the area set aside for tomatoes. I have done a tomato order. I have tomato seeds and tomato plants on the way. Um, Actually, they don't ship out the tomato plants till it's time. Um, Yeah, but at the edges around the, uh, sort of one, the, let me think. Uh, I'm facing east. So the northeast quadrant of our yard uh, it's a lot of bamboo, and we just push it back, push it back, and every once in a while, people ask if they can come cut it. <laughs> they want the bamboo stalks, and we say, yes, please, come cut it. But see, it's February, it's dreary, but you can you can see some things growing. The bamboo is not particularly growing, it just always is. But I see a pathway through the bamboo that I've not noticed before that's going to our, uh, just to the neighboring yards. It's all wooded. So it's very kind of mysterious looking, the path through the bamboo. Um, But it's pretty, and I have not stood at this window and just looked out for a long time, so I'm paying attention to my backyard. And the azalea bushes, which we have, are starting to uh, look a little active, perhaps a little early. The hydrangea, no. (laughs) Hydrangea's looking kind of dead. We'll see. Things surprise you, right? They come back to life. so anyway, the, and the blueberries look like they're waiting for something to happen. So we'll see. We're getting there. Anyway, so trying to pay attention, trying to trying to look for new things every day or things I haven't noticed. And as someone who walks down my, uh, takes a walk through my neighborhood every day, there's a ample opportunity for this, particularly uh, on my street. Every day, Trav and I go out, and every other day we turn left at the T at the end of my road, left on Woodburn, and then the next day we turn right. So we, we, uh, can't think of the right word. Jen, what's the right word? Yeah, I want to say vacillate. And that's not quite right. Vacillation sounds like, to vacillate sounds like a wishy-washiness. We're not wishy-washy, and it's always Travis. And he always picks the opposite direction from the way he went the day before. But particularly on my street, that, my street's the street I see every day. And this time of year is a really good year to look for things. You can look through all the trees. Again, very wooded neighborhood. So in the summer, you can't see anything. It's just the trees are a wall. The foliage and the bushes and the, you know, the weeds. Some of our neighbors have very manicured lawns. Others do not. And which is one of the things I like about this neighborhood. It's like, you know, feel free to do whatever the hell you want with your yard. I think there are probably people who wish that all the yards were manicured. I am not one of those people. Ours is semi. We, we As always, we live in a strange middle. Um, yeah, but so you can see things. You can see into, uh, you can see through yards. Like if you look down someone's driveway and there's no cars there, you can see the back of the house behind their house. And you see uh, forts and tree houses sometimes. That's a very nice thing to see, I think. I like to see a fort. I like the idea that children are still making forts. And that's been a, a you know a nice thing about COVID. We have um, someone who lives... I, I don't really know them. I don't know this family. Um, but I wave to them. And I think it's grandparents. I think they're grandchildren have been staying with them through COVID. That's how I'm putting that together. And um, 
Yeah, so that that's my sense that they're I don't know if that maybe they just they're doing childcare during the day, but these are like nine, ten year olds. It's a really good age and, and you see these kids on you know, days uh that are nice, not that we judge the weather, but days that it makes sense to be outside. You see them outside on their bikes and building forts and you see this, there's a little network of kids um running around in a way that we've not had for years because kids haven't been home. They've been off at all their schools and activities. And uh, I love seeing what these kids are up to and what messes they make and what forts they build. Um, you know, and, and, I, and again, this is a, you know, this is a neighborhood well, where people, you know, I don't, I don't think a lot. Uh, there are some people struggling, uh, people, small business owners. But a lot of us are able to work at home. There's a lot of Duke faculty around here. There's, you know, people like me and the man, writers, editors, journalists, that kind of, you know. So it's a neighborhood that I think in some ways, at least economically, people are not suffering too much. Um, and and so it's been, I think, a time for children. Um, as much as they may be missing school and missing their friends, they, I see more children outside and playing and riding their bikes and you know so that's a that's a positive thing I mean I want COVID to be over I want my vaccine I want to go to the library and the art museums and have lunch with my friend Miss Amy um but I have enjoyed seeing the forts and I have enjoyed using February as a time to peer into people's backyards and not mind my business and look for things I never noticed before so anyway I hope the music behind me is audible in a way that's pleasing and not just irritating. But it's okay, because you know what? I'm going to stop now. Who knows? Maybe I'll post this before April. There are no guarantees. But wherever you are, I hope you are uh, surviving COVID. And maybe, you know, mentally as well as physically, I hope that you are healthy and your people are healthy. And I know a lot of people have gone through depression, but... I'm hoping that your creativity and your quilt making and your love of books and art and music and all the good things um, have kept you afloat during this time. I'm looking on the roof of our garage. We have a separate garage. It's an old house, old, um, yeah, freestanding garage, and there's a stick on top, and it looks like a snake in a nice way, not a scary way. So I'll leave you with that. There's a stick snake on my roof, and I hope that you're happy. I hope things are going well for you. And I'll talk to you next time. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Off-Kilter Quilt. Come visit me online at offkilterquilt.com. Until next time, this is Francis. Remember, life is short. Quilt first.